Hello, I'm Yulia, the voice of the podcast Love to Heal, a journey of self-discovery, healing, and spiritual growth. First, let me tell you how I started on this journey of healing. After living with anxiety for two decades, I had given up all hope. When I tell you I tried everything under the sun to get rid of this anxiety, I mean it. From going to therapists and psychologists, to doing yoga, homeopathy, and Reiki, to taking antidepressants, I tried it all and nothing worked. My anxiety was unbearable. I felt that I couldn't breathe and I didn't understand why or how to fix it. I was desperate. But as they say, after the storm comes a rainbow, and my rainbow came in the form of an energy healer who became my teacher and guide on this journey to healing. I started working with this healer a little bit over five years ago, and we live on different continents. I live in the U.S., and she resides in Russia. And she was recommended to me by a friend who had immigrated recently to the United States. So I thought I'd give it a shot. I had nothing to lose. It was during my first session that I learned that, first of all, instead of trying to get rid of my ailment and being angry at it, I was actually supposed to be thankful for it. That our bodies are designed to signal us when something is wrong with our feelings, thoughts, beliefs, and views on life. As bizarre it may have sounded then, I can now say with confidence that my uncurable anxiety was a blessing in disguise. Because it led me onto this new path in life on which I've not only become healthier, but also happier in so many ways. And now, I feel it my duty to share my story with the world in hopes of inspiring and helping others heal, physically and spiritually. I'm so excited to share all the knowledge and resources I've accumulated in the past few years that I really hope that you stick around and you listen to how my story unfolds. I was always interested in alternative medicine, yoga, energy work, etc. I read many books on the topic, attended workshops and seminars, but when it came to putting these techniques or methods into practice, I didn't see results. I owned a book by Lois Hay, the famous metaphysical lecturer that I will mention many times in this podcast. I repeated her recommended mantras over and over to no avail. I kept reading the popular book, Law of Attraction, back when it was popular, and I practiced visualization. Nothing worked. I knew deep down that something was missing, a piece to a bigger puzzle. Having grown up in the former Soviet Union, I was atheist, you could say, for the longest time, but was always curious about spirituality. I believed in a higher power that something was driving me, guiding me, that there was a plan for me. During my first session with my healer, my beliefs were confirmed. And there is a higher power that can be called by different names. Some people refer to it by calling it God. Um, Others may call it divine energy. Perhaps some refer to it as the universe. 
But simply put, she said, it is love. It's pure, unconditional love of which we're made and which connects us all. We came from love and we are love and we will forever be love. It was then that my spiritual teacher explained to me that this whole world that we inhabit is one. Oneness means that everything in this world is interconnected and made from the same source, out of the same energy, out of love. Therefore, I cannot choose to love one and hate another, or I cannot choose to love something and hate something else. Just as the sun cannot choose to shine for me, but hide for another, I as a human cannot love and hate at the same time. I must always choose to love no matter what. And of course, at that point, I wanted to protest and demand an explanation for why I must love killers and rapists. But she went on to explain that love's co love comes in many shapes and forms that we're here on earth in these physical bodies for very brief moments of time and that there is a much greater plan, a much bigger picture that we cannot perceive or comprehend. She went on to speak of past lives, karma, my future lives and those of my descendants and how we're all connected and influenced by each other. While difficult to digest such information on the first try, I decided that I had nothing to lose and so I continued my sessions with my healer, completing homework assignments and reporting back to her on the progress. I felt it was the beginning of something beautiful, a new way of life, a new hope. I could already breathe a little easier as if a heavy weight had been lifted off my chest and a fresh breath of air had entered my lungs, awakening me in a new thirst for life, a new eagerness to learn to love. For many years, I asked myself the question, why am I here? Why do I exist? And my teacher answered this question quite simply. She said, we're here to evolve. And I'm referring to the evolution of the soul not the body, how our soul evolves and enters enlightenment and consequently returns to its origin. While on earth, we're given many lessons and then we're tested on them. And the sooner we learn to respond to all types of pain with the soul instead of the ego, the faster we can heal our bodies and evolve spiritually. The first sessions left me much to ponder. <laughs> I wasn't going to change overnight. I knew that. Um, I knew it would take time to adopt love as my new way of life. And one of the major issues I was faced with was the ego. I needed to learn to identify when and why my ego was getting hurt. Step one was to consciously separate my ego from my spiritual self. The ego is concerned with instinct, the animal aspect of the human, and is responsible for such feelings as superiority, fear, resentment, 
blame, to name a few. As for me, I needed to become more humble. I used to give myself credit for being pretty, for being in good shape, for being talented. I thought very highly of myself, which is good to an extent. But when you start to feel superior to others, then we have a problem. The new logic dictated that if we're all made of the same energy and our souls have the same origin, I can't be better than anyone else. And I'm not talking about skin deep qualities right now, nor the temporary bodies that are here today and gone tomorrow. I'm talking about the soul, the infinite. By this account, who am I to judge anyone? None of us chose to be born in our bodies in the circumstances that we were born in. The choice was made for us. I got lucky in this life and was born with all my limbs and a brain that took me through college and parents that supported me. Others may have very different lives from me and I have no right to judge them. Their appearances, beliefs, or acts, I can't judge any of that. Once I started to understand that, I began to look at people differently. I felt less aggression, which is one of the common causes of illnesses, according to Lois Hay and other researchers in the field. The next step in my course on love was to see and feel love everywhere. It was my homework to seek out love and positivity throughout the day. And you know what? The more I looked for love, the more love I found. Let me tell you, love is all around us. We just have to notice it. Sunshine, the friendly cashier, the kind driver letting me change lanes, the polite stranger holding the door for me. Wow, once you notice those small acts of love, the big ones are just around the corner, I promise. And yes, love comes in pluses and minuses. Some love may be disguised as an accident, a conflict, an injury, often a disease. Just as a shot or an immunization at the doctor's office hurts at that moment, it's actually meant to help you to heal or prevent you from an illness. Similarly, some love hurts, but it's actually meant to heal your soul or change your course of life. These are what we call blessings in disguise. Once you believe that the universe only wants what's best for you and understand that what's best for you, for the soul, may not be always pleasant for the ego or the body, you start to trust the process of life. I trust the process of life is a mantra from one of the books by Lois Hay on healing the body. And uh, this is a mantra that I repeat on a daily basis. Trusting the process of life eliminates worry and anxiety from our life because we know that whatever happens is for the best. I used to get very angry when my plans fell through, but now I see it as divine intervention, you can say it. There is a saying in Russian, if you want to make God laugh, make some plans. In another example, when my flights would get delayed or even canceled, I would get extremely upset. Now I look at situations like that very differently. In the grand scheme of things, it's not something worth getting angry about. And most importantly, a delay may help avoid a bigger problem or even a tragedy, one that we have no idea about. We have to learn to trust life. 
We can't see the future. We can't see the bigger picture, and therefore should learn to go with the flow and not against it. Similarly, if you didn't get that promotion you really wanted, it probably wasn't the right time, or there's something better waiting for you in the future. When I started on my journey of healing, I decided to keep a journal documenting my progress. After a month of working on myself, I wrote down that the change was substantial. I felt like a completely different person. The way I viewed the world had changed. I judged less. I took offense less, and I saw love a whole lot more everywhere I went. A few months later, I wrote in my journal that after consciously putting my soul before my body, I stopped stressing about my appearance and about many of the material things. I began to value the infinite, the soul, more rather than the temporary, the body and the earthly possessions. Inner beauty became more important to me. I became more down to earth, friendly. And loving to others, but also to myself, which is equally important. After reading some books by a Russian author, Lazarev, on this topic, I truly understood that we're given our bodies that are temporary and borrowed, so to speak, to experience this thing called life. The term "temporary" used to scare me, but it does so less now, knowing that our souls are infinite. This is why it's so important not to worship earthly possessions, since they're so brief in their existence. They are secondary, while love is primary. Understanding this separates us from animals that live solely by instinct. Once you establish that the soul comes first and the body second, priorities start to shift, and the world around you takes on a different shape. When priorities are set correctly, in other words, we strive for spiritual health and love first. Everything else, like money, relationships, health, falls into place naturally, even magically, if you will. Something else that I noticed in the first few months of beginning my healing journey is that my occasional nightmares were swapped out for the most beautiful, calming, and divine dreams ever. I wrote then that I was thankful for my newfound spirituality, which brings me to my next point, one that will have its own episode: gratitude. For the past few years, I've made it a habit to express gratitude for everything that goes in my life. From the moment I open my eyes in the morning, I give thanks to the universe for giving me another day on this earth. I realize that not everyone gets a new day. Every day, and that in itself makes me feel happy and lucky, and reminds me not to waste precious time and use it lovingly. I give thanks to my family. I give thanks for my job, for my car, for the food that I eat, and for the experiences in my life, good or bad, that help me grow as a person and evolve spiritually. And at this moment, I feel grateful for the opportunity to be doing a podcast and sharing with others my stories of healing with love. So, after working on myself for about a year or so, I thought if I can help myself, maybe I could also help my family. At that time, my son was about two years old, 
and he had a horrific skin condition. He would break out in the worst rashes and hives all over his body. The dermatologist prescribed hormonal creams, but that was a temporary solution. I wanted to get to the core of the problem and eliminate it for good. So I reached out to my healer again, and this time I learned two more very powerful lessons that I will be going into more deeply in later episodes, but I want to share with you what I learned right off the bat. So firstly, I learned that children's health conditions are often due to the parents' feelings, outlooks on life and behaviors. In other words, my own anxiety that I had been feeling for so long affected my child's health because he's still part of my energy field. And subconsciously, he takes on my fears and insecurities. Skin, as the largest organ in our body, represents protection. So when a person doesn't feel safe for whatever reason, skin issues are often a physical manifestation of this mental and spiritual disbalance. So now... I had an even stronger desire to work on myself, knowing that my health would directly translate to that of my son's. Some health issues arise as a later result of a repeated negative feeling, while others may arise more simultaneously, such as a headache or a stomachache. So in my case, My son was my first child, my firstborn, and as I'm sure many moms would agree, we worry quite a bit with the firstborn. My worries during my pregnancy actually became part of my son's DNA, so to speak, because as the baby develops, he or she absorbs what the mom feels, along with all the nutrients. This explains why my second child is so much more calm than my firstborn. With my second pregnancy, I was extremely tranquil throughout the whole time, especially now that I had already started on the spiritual journey. I didn't have any fears of the baby not doing well, the baby having health issues when she was going to be born. I just trusted the process of life. The same mantra that I shared with you, I had repeated that. I practiced trusting the process of life, and I think it really helped me to remain calm and that translated into my daughter who in comparison to my son is much more calm. The second lesson that I learned was that we must always seek the origin of the health issue because if we don't we're simply placing a band-aid over a much bigger problem which then develops into one of those whack-a-mole games You treat one problem, but then another one pops up, and you treat that one, but a new one comes out that you never even saw coming, and this becomes a vicious cycle. While I'm grateful for what the doctors do for patients, I really wish that when they saw patients, they also spoke to the spiritual aspect of the human being. So many diseases could be treated with changing the mental patterns practicing love, fasting, and praying. There are countless stories of people curing themselves of cancer, diabetes, and other life-threatening conditions by way of spiritual self-help. 
For example, if you experience resentment for a prolonged period of time, it's very likely that you'll develop a cancer. Or if you live in the past or carry a lot of childhood baggage with you, you may be overweight. Of course, each case is different and there's not one simple solution, but I think it's a great start. Let's stop neglecting our feelings and burying them. Instead, let's start the conversation, even if it's with a journal or speaking to a friend about it. The first step to healing is becoming conscious of our negative feelings and thought patterns and also the lack of love and the lack of trust in a higher power. Needless to say, my son is six years old now and no longer suffers from any skin conditions. So I hope that I've piqued your interest on this topic. And I want to thank you so much for listening to the first episode of Love to Heal. Join me on the next episode as we dive deeper into the concept of the ego and its malicious role in resentment, jealousy, and other negative feelings that poison our health and well-being. But today I would like to end on a high note, and I would like to read to you a little fragment from Lois Hay's book, uh, Heal Your Body from A to Z. Loving treatment. Deep at the center of my being, there's an infinite well of love. I now allow this love to flow to the surface. It fills my heart, my body, my mind, my consciousness, my very being, and radiates out from me in all directions and returns to me multiplied. The more love I use and give, the more I have to give. The supply is endless. The use of love makes me feel good. It is an expression of my inner joy. I love myself. Therefore, I take loving care of my body. I lovingly feed it nourishing foods and beverages. I lovingly groom it and dress it, and my body lovingly responds to me with vibrant health and energy. I love myself. Therefore, I provide for myself a comfortable home one that fills all my needs and is a pleasure to be in. I fill the rooms with the vibration of love so that all who enter, myself included, will feel this love and be nourished by it. I love myself, therefore I work at a job that I truly enjoy doing, one that uses my creative talents and abilities, working with and for people whom I love and who love me, and earning a good income. I love myself, therefore I behave and think in a loving way to all people, for I know that that which I give out returns to me multiplied. I only attract loving people in my world, for they are a mirror of what I am. I love myself, therefore I forgive and totally release the past and all past experiences, and I am free. I love myself, therefore I live totally in the now, experiencing each moment as good and knowing that my future is bright and joyous and secure, 
for I am a beloved child of the universe, and the universe lovingly takes care of me now and forevermore. And so it is. I love you.